Woody Guthrie Center and Bob Dylan Center present Fire in Little Africa, a multimedia hip-hop project inspired by the resilience of Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And now, coming at you live from Greenwood, here are your hosts, Ali Shaw and Doc Free. Welcome once again to the Fire in Little Africa podcast. I'm Ali Shaw. And I am Malachi Burgess. Yeah, and you almost slipped up because you thought I was supposed to introduce you or introduce myself, which I could have. I don't know. Maybe I should. Whatever. Which he could have. But however, today we're going to introduce him because on this episode number 28, we are here to interview the one, the only, Doc Free. Teeth grit and tight, just like my grip on this mic. I see these suckers coming close, but they ain't doing it right. Left me with reason to stop from riding off into the sunset at night. I still talk to the moon with a language of light. Got a flicker on my panel, no switch. You could call it a glitch. Just why the I steady twitch. No time for these twits. So hurtingly infinite dumb fucks, cause this race ain't through. Still pushing these lessons, make a student of you. Being so much crack of the brew is Tulsa's hip hop view. All house be the crew. Our OGs and sick ass fools. With no time for lames or races. With this place you're facing, escape with no traces. It's Mr. Miracle, sky free, hitting all the bases. My girl saying we don't fuck enough. I feel more sexy with my papers. Up. And now we on a couple planes with makers mark off in a plastic cup. I don't need to cause a scene, just ghost when folks start to acting up. 15 minute fame lames need to wrap it up. Creating hip hop legacy with this effigy. And if you out here being messy, you can't mess with me because I keep my clean hands on. But before we move any further, let me give you my intro. Cause I, I woke up at like four o'clock this morning, just thinking about what hey. in the world can I say about this man? What can I say? Yeah, yeah I had no <laughs> idea. This is a super surprise. So Malachi, you chime in wherever you feel the need. Okay. I'm going to go through some of these and you just right there in between. Welcome to the mm -hmm. show. First of all, it's glad to have you here with me. Hey, it's glad to be here again with you. <laughs> you both. So Doc Free is number one, a dope MC. Uh, he is a freestyle master. Like raps. he definitely has biggity bars. He is a DJ on occasion, you know, just here and there. Yeah. <laughs> he is the host with the most. You've seen him at hey. Lessons in Fresh. You've seen him at a, a lot of other gigs. You've seen, he is also a, a triple water sign. I want to make sure I point that one out. Prince of Water, as a friend of mine would say. Yes. Yeah. Cancer. <laughs> Cosmic soup. Cosmic soup. He's a mixologist. He can make great Sopa drinks for you. Cosmica. <laughs> <laughs> he's, Shout so out he's L a, Boogie. He's a, he's a mixologist and DJ. So you fit that in however you want. He, I said he is the knower of all things in the comic world. Like there, I feel like there's nothing he does not know. <laughs> knower of all things. I would have to say five years. a true gentleman, a juggernaut in mm. the culture and creator community. Yes. A true juggernaut. Yes. If you don't know what a juggernaut is. You should probably Google it or wiki it. 
Yeah, these kids, the first thing that was going to pop up is that X-Men cartoon. That yeah. Oh, I'm on, bitch. yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, you could Wortham it. You could Mr. Wortham it. Webster. Hey. Okay. Webster's. He is also a teacher. I've learned a lot from him. In, from Likewise. So many things I've learned from him. And most importantly, he is our friend. Yes. Brother. Yes. More yes. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's give him his official round of applause. Welcome, Doc Free. I wish I had like a DJ uh, turntable set up. I'd play you some. <laughs> hey, wow, it's that Z key on Somar's keyboard. Oh, is it Z? Yeah. Oh. Well, that's what he sets. You can set these samples up in Serato. You, you know. hey. Yeah. The Z key for the yeah. Tomar, <laughs> Doc out here telling everybody where your shortcuts is. I'm gonna use it next time. Unless it's impressed, just walk up to Somar's keyboard like mount. Hey. Yeah. Careful, that man has many intricacies. No. Hey. I, I would never night, do that. It might shut down power in right. this in the sector of the city. Shout out no Somar, Somar, man. Shout out to Somar. Yeah, shout big- him out. Been on his skateboard doing his uh, what's the guy on Instagram? We call himself Dogface. Oh, (laughs) he's been doing the Fleetwood Mac, (laughs) you know, with the cranberry. Y'all see the guy on Instagram with the Fleetwood Mac song and the cranberry juice? I'm like, some are gonna be out here with some cranberry juice before we know it on his board. Hold on, (laughs) let's let's, let's go ahead and separate them two right now because, bro. Bro, like the Fleetwood Mac song wasn't even a hit, man. Go his that dude's catalog is deep of like right. hilariousness, man. Right. Years of abuse. You know what I'm saying? Uh but Somar, Somar don't longboard. You know what I'm saying? He a purist, man. He on them trick, he on that trick swag. Yeah, yeah, we, don't, we don't mess with no longboards on here. <laughs> that 30 plus 40 plus club. I'm trying to catch up on the one hey. talk at one time. See? Got these LA cats in. Now all they do is hit the park. So I'm trying to, but we'll yeah, that's another I sector. Know. It's another section of sector. Y'all see what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, so you, oh, you, you, you skate, fam? So you skate? You used to you can find me in the Net Lab parking lot <laughs> at NSU with uh, some of some of Tulsa's finest musicians that are not hey. doing their thing and other endeavors. Yeah. So, yeah. So that so so that's how we're gonna begin with the origin. Yes. That's that's where we're gonna start. We starting we starting with the origin. Well, what I want to know is is that the origin? Is that the origin of Doc Free? (laughs) No, uh, that is just but another trivial chapter in the ongoing tales of um, a doctor of Freeman. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, what do y'all want to know? What do tell us, Doc? Where did it start? Where did your origin story start? Yeah, how did you become Doc Free? Well. That is also another story to be told. Okay. But let's keep it linear. Uh, okay. I don't know, like, what do y'all, what do you, like, what's the deal? Like, I always know what I ask. Like, what do you want to know? Okay. Uh, you don't, you want, you don't want to talk about when Doc Free started or you want to go before that? I don't know. Y'all want to go like Dark let's, Free started? Hey, that's, that's a, that's a perfect point because we can't, we can't give everything away, man. Nah. I know what you're about to do. You're about to try to, okay, yeah, we can't get everything. Wait, wait, where's my cup? Hold on. Where's my cup? <laughs> yeah. Can't here to collect away. them today oh no this is still trap over here <laughs> does not go down like that even for a triple water <laughs> but doc free is like a name 
born of uh born of fleeting not fleeting no a fast-paced conversation between bandmates about how we should go about presenting ourselves on on stage when i started my first musical endeavor with uh my college buddies bring that nsu back on around full circle um i was in this band snorlax here in town that's two x's not one a uh, a bit of um weird amalgamation of rock and hip-hop yeah but with with some really great writing um <laughs> but yeah that's where it started we were all like all right it's all we knew we should have like a monikers and names i don't know we it, like i feel like that conversation was born of a nostalgic conversation about Zanga. What and year was all, that, Doc? Two thousand and eleven. Ten. No, this is two thousand nine. Yeah, this is nine or ten. Yeah, I want to say like late. I think that's when yeah. I heard heard about you. Twenty ten was. Twenty ten, we started doing them things, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just sitting there chilling at the crib, and then uh, my boy Dan, aka Algebra. We'd already hey. had his his budding hip hop career going on. Hit me up, was like, "Hey, you remember Bruffett? Well, we're here with him and Joseph and Nick Bartell. Shout out Chris Buffett, Joe Bartell, hey. Nick Bartell. Uh, which you know, them cats. Like when I had met them, I was like, "All right, cool, who are y'all?" And then come to find <laughs> out, like they know my brethren Keys from Church on the Move because like they fam was. Blank was uh, Pastor Bartell over at 180. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. But got to know that whole clicking crew. But Fitz Sheridan was the, was the street, man, East Sider. So oh, yeah. it's like grew up on the East Side, went to college, graduated, came back, was on the East Side. Then moved into another spot on the East Side. So went over there, practiced some shit, and they were like, all right, then we're going to book a show. Nice. So what did you do in the group? Because I know nothing about Snorlax at all. all. Cool. Uh, let's see here. Uh, it was me and Dan as the MCs. Um, and it was Bruffett and Joe Bartell on bass. And they both played bass. And Nick Bartell was on drums. We didn't have any rhythm guitar. We didn't have any lead guitar. There was no six string instrument involved in this endeavor. Uh, until Mike D subbed in later uh, on a show, but the base of that was just really dirty, dingy, bass heavy, yeah. melodic stuff. So it was like a lead bass, and then there was a rhythm bass, and then we were like Chris and Dan initially wrote like the outlines for all the songs, and then I would write based off of that. And we did songs based off of like, okay, we got a song based off of Alan Iverson's interview about <laughs> practice. practice. Yeah. And we, yeah, we have a song about practice. Like, you know, around that time we were like in our 20s, mid late or mid 20s. I was like now mid going into late 20s, I think. And it was like, you know, songs about girls, but uh, also stuff about the town. Like we got a song called Stay Goal, which is definitely about yeah. the outsiders. Uh, we got a song called 49, or excuse me, One Less Than 50, which is an O2 Quick Trip 49 Cent Summers uh, with the big gulps. 
and then um <laughs> we would even do like weird shit about like we have a song about the Oregon Trail we had a song about the Scarlet <laughs> Letter like stuff like that vegan was, weekend the vegan weekend that was yeah. like that one song of, that was like our pop pop about girls <laughs> That's so there's like no that. drums. You said two bass. I said no. There's a drummer, Nick. Nick was who? the drummer. Okay, I was like, who did I yeah, miss that? The other, okay. the other Bartel was uh, was on the drums. Okay. But yeah, uh, started with them cats, Pony, of course. But shout um, out to Pony. Yeah, shout out to Josh and Mike, and then the two dad, the best, the best two dads <laughs> a town could have, running a freaking yeah. dope ass staple bar. Oh yeah. How, where's the name Snorlax come from? Because I have to tell you, it makes me think of the Lorax from Dr. Seuss. Like every time I hear it, it, it makes yeah. it's a fond memory for my daughter. She used to watch the VHS <laughs> of the Lorax like over and over when we when she was little. So I'm like, Before, where does Snorlax? So like, come from? when did that movie come out? The Lorax. Oh shoot! Uh, Long time ago. I don't know. Seventies, right? No, they did like a new one, right? Well, yeah, there's oh, a re, yeah. a re, no, nah, but I, oh, so I'm you had to watch the original. the original, okay? Yeah, the say. original Dr. Seuss. Oh, no, this is, um, we used to make jokes about that actually in practice, but now nah, this is even oddlier. It's kind of a play on a pop culture phenomenon called Pokemon, mm-hmm. okay. and there's a creature who was always sleeping, he's always sleeping, Don't uh, Snorlax. And yeah, we just put two X's on it, but we never associated ourselves with the Pokemon, except for that one time we had an uh, an artist, a friend of Dan's, that uh, was always doing like artwork for us, Matt Chinworth, and he made this super dope photo, and it had it's like a weird, it looked like an airbrush glamour shot, and it's like of me and Dan kind of like back to back rapping with the Snorlax, like. <laughs> <laughs> floating on a cloud in the background and like there's these two bass like rising in the middle like yeah we was on we was on some different Liddy vibes lit, lit. yeah Littersons <laughs> Liddy Lit and the Littersons <laughs> TM but yeah uh Sound Pony started out and it's just like a good outlet to do weird stuff because I was like really into rock and we wasn't like your bass alternative rock like we were jumping around yelling at the top of our lungs yeah. uh with elements of like hardcore and post-hardcore yeah. which was like super popular for us like coming through college and shit uh so like the shows that we first did were like packed out with folks that were not just pony regulars it was like cats that we remember from like the monolith which was like a really dope kind of all ages yeah. spot downtown and then uh pink eye which is yeah. where if you wanted to see a hardcore show or like a heavy rock show or some shit like that, or you do that's like you a ska show that you went yeah. to the pink guy. So Okay. I kind of vaguely remember hearing about the pink guy. I don't think I ever went there. I don't remember. R.I.P. Pink guy. 
For sure. So it's just like a paved. Shit's paved now. So wow. Where that key T is across from Hillcrest. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was On there. Sixty-six. Yeah. yeah. What is that? Uh, well, what am I? River City Nights or Whiskey River Nights? What's that right there? Uh, you talking about now? Yeah. Don't ask no, 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 no. me. I've been in this house. What are you talking oh, about? Wait. wait, it was down the street from the Pink Eye. Am I thinking of a venue? Or am I thinking of a Mexican joint? Oh, it's like yeah, that neon sign. Yeah, you talking about the restaurant there? Uh, yeah, it's, it's right over there. Is it still there? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, I sure. can't think. Of, I'm trying to say Ricardo's, but that's not it. Uh, we'll have to find out and like give them that. some love and edit it in and post. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Snorlax is like 2009, 2010. So then when does Oil House come about? Because you're in a group with Algebra, who is also a part of Oil House. When does Oil House form? uh kind of i want to say 2012-ish because like we were rocking along with snorlax and then uh hit we had hit that little lick at south by southwest and then after that a little stally and i think me and dan were already like doing like hip-hop stuff because he's still he was still doing his algebra thing while we were doing Snorlax. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I want to say like 2012, I was like, hey, call me up, you're in the studio, Valcor Sound, uh, Hank Hank and Winkle, the second, we about to roll out yeah. there. Uh, he's like, you know, Hank the third from Red Alert. And I was like, uh, I, I, I remember them, they do the, the White Stripes kind of vibe. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, it's their dad. So uh, he's like, boom, pop out there. And he's like, uh, oh, Mr. Ron and Mike deal with me. I'm like, don't know these guys, but all right, let's hang out. So we all go out there. And <laughs> I think Dan was working, uh, actually, Audrey was working on uh, his album, I want to say, Nine One Great. And I did this track called Euphoria. Uh, it was like a, a college type track. And that was like the first thing I ever did with Saran. First time I ever wow. heard him rap. And then Mike was on Where Is The Blood, murdered it. And I was yeah. just like, yeah. And then I think it was like a week later. Oh, shit. No, it might have been that night. And he was like, hey, what do you think about getting in a group with those guys? And I was like, yeah, for sure. Nice. <laughs> I told him, I was like, bro, uh, yeah, I have no reason to doubt doubt you on this. Like, Snorlax was, was a banger and a half. So let's do some pure hip hop and see where that goes, too. Okay. So. And so you just kind of casually mentioned that you did some South by Southwest stuff. Did you guys tour as well with Snorlax? Oh man, we hit a lick to like, you know, little college things. We did OSU. Um, then we went to Fayetteville. I think that was like a really nice, really nice weird experience to this place called the Boom Room Room. Oh uh, yeah, that was the spot. Yeah, I think he still got some footage from that one. Uh, that was a good little road trip, but <laughs> nothing like, crazy but okay we did we did some regional so kind of regional stuff yeah did the regional so, stuff so 2012 we have doc free algebra saran the seventh and mike d as a part of oil house now most of us here in tulsa know oil house is you know a lot of people call it call it like the tulsa wu-tang clan there's so many of you yeah. when because well, yeah, because nutter like nutter is instrumental like Nutter is instrumental. Okay, so he, who is Nutter? Tell everyone. We're we talking about DJ Nutter DJ. or or Andrew Nutter if Andrew. you were voting for city yeah. council a couple years ago. 
because <laughs> my man ran for city council. But uh, he was a DJ, and I had ran into Vic at Vanguard. He had a band, and I was like, "Wow, this!" It was like that with that meme. Kids love today. This month is spitting, and I was like, "What?" Uh, the kid with the fro, like, all right, gotta get him in the cipher, gotta get him in the cipher. Uh, so then we got all got together, but then we had started doing shows on like the the little Tulsa festival circuit. It was like Center of the Universe. There was a uh, D Fest. Did start now? We did D Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, Verse would always be at the shows. He Verse was always at the Snorlax shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Paid was always out there too. Until he, you know, what I'm saying had to handle his biz, but uh. It was while he was handling his biz, like Dan hit out or Dan had hit uh verse up about like hey, we, hey y'all y'all always with us, man. We working a lot together. Yeah, it's just expand like Wallhouse. And he was like, Yeah, and if you go DJ Somar has a mix out there somewhere. I think it might be on his band camp. It's like uh, and it might be on it may I think it might be on our the Old House band camp, but there's a mix. And it's got spliced in there, like excerpts from each of us about how we yeah. got involved with the group and everything. But, and I like Paige, I felt that man. Like, I'm glad that everyone was a brother, but his, his was like, it hit me the most. He was like, I was inside and I got the letter from Verse about, hey, hey, all else wants to join. And I was like, hell yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and that's why that's always gonna be my dogs, fellas. <laughs> like, we said it then, and I still said now, nah, man, I only fuck with the elite only hey. on these raps on these beats i only fuck with the elite so it was only right that i mess with these cats and like we all do our thing as solo artists like i'm a part of a couple of different projects at a time it feels like and then they all put out their projects and solo stuff but you know it i guess in a sense it kind of like wu-tang uh but it's like we just just traveling ronin you know masterless samurai like rolling around and i'm saying when we need to get together do some things we do some things yeah it is like voltron (laughs) and when it happens it's like the most mind-blowing thing i've got probably two or three different oil house videos on my youtube channel alone and i'm screaming in the back of every one of them like (laughs) oh my god like it was the i just remember I'm trying to think of what year it was when I really started kind of getting hip, you know, to you guys. Um, but I was, I, mom, I just remember being like, this is the dopest shit I've ever seen in my local, you know, art uh, life because I'd not had access to that for the longest time, you know? And man, y'all know how much I love hip hop. So I was like, I don't, I, I, I can stay here in my city and get this kind of rap. Like, are you serious? Like, Oh, that made me so happy so doc let's let's talk about like the earliest days of the Tulsa hip-hop scene is where we're kind of going so mm-hmm. uh one thing we want to ask you is what did it feel like when you were just getting started and do you remember a specific show or moment when you could tell something truly special was happening the first early landscape bitty bits so I grew up a bit of a club rat like I was like a very in my own shell kid until I hit freaking uh like my sophomore year of college at TCC and like I said oh, I'm gonna go out like not just to go play like a few soccer games and then you know play some pool and dip out but, like I'm out and about so uh I was noticing 
you know, that was like huge whenever you could not go to any quick trip without someone trying to like, hey, you like rap? Are you try you to try to submit like you know what I'm saying? The and there was actually with the sharpie on it in your hand. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And like cats was out here like pushing, you know. And this is like right out here, uh, like right around the time when you know Ludacris was popular for making making it off of that. Like he was pushing numbers out the trunk while DJing as you know a radio DJ and can stuff right. like that. So like whenever he made it and everything, I noticed like that was in the conversation. So uh I go out, but the landscape is all top 40. Um, it's like hard to find the underground stuff. So thankfully I got OGs like Chris Walker, AKA Boogie, B-Boy Boogie. Yeah. Like, so before even rapping it like that, I was I was practicing six B-boy. steps. So I was, I was, yeah, I was like back spins. I was like probably spinning my lips if I could. I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I had these long lanky legs. So like, I was like very hesitant on like my flares and, and windmills because I don't want to knock nothing over, kick somebody in the teeth. So that's was like my outlet that I started noticing to get and find like that stuff that I wanted to see. It's like, I still cut up my rows and stuff, man. We hit the chicken shack, man. We see local artists. I mean, it's just back when like other side was popping, hey, um, club fusion and stuff like yeah. that. Three Frogs, I mean, we might mention that on a prior the episode way back then. So this is like circa 2005, 2006. Oh my gosh. I wonder if I almost ran into you at Three Frogs. Did you ever go to the Camp Low show there? I didn't. I missed the Camp Low show. So me and my, my brother lived across the street too. And I don't know how, but we had no idea. We had okay. no idea. Like, yeah, and it was like, them, them hood-ass apartments, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where everybody used to live there. We used to kick it, though. But uh, I saw I was, I wasn't really going to any shows, and I noticed I was, I was wanting that. And then I was, like, finding outlets, like I said, through my boy Boogie. He was putting on respect battles. Uh, shout out to Skur, because, like, UAT was going hard. And I feel like I was, wow. I was late getting to that because they were bringing in like national acts they were bringing in like for their raves like crystal method and and those cats when they were hot like bringing them through to tulsa and then also uh underground hip-hop acts as well so like going to those was like i would walk around the next day like with this fucking weird smirk on my mouth or like people like or my face they'd be like what's 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 so funny it's like it's like it's like one of those i know something you don't know (laughs) uh and that was back when like polly was like doing freestyle battles i saw him like one time you know but i know boogie always spoke highly of him because like the gate came up together so i was like you know his reputation kind of like preceded him kind of thing and then whenever i could I remember trying to like either find or hold on to whenever I met my cousins because they had like underground music from Muskogee. Like I was trying to see those cats. So the the landscape, man, I was I was searching. I was always searching, but I I, I felt there was a potential there. And thankfully, like I kept falling into the right circles of folks to get to an opportunity to try to make something happen. And I remember it was a uh, like the first, it was the first oil house show. I mean, Snow Axe was cool, like, but we were, I felt like we had our crew of, of homies in those homies, mm-hmm. but I wanted to like stretch out to other folk kind of thing. 
um and with all house like the opportunity to do something different which is like duh that's like a no-brainer because i like i always like to keep it moving uh but whenever we started doing that like we did our first show like we had a hip-hop act we had a punk act and we had a dance act all performing on the same bill and wow. i ain't i've never seen that i ain't never <laughs> i'd never been to something like that unless it was like festival style where i had to go walk yeah. stage right. to stage kind of thing but like for the local scene hang on there's a puppy going crazy in the <laughs> Oh my god kind of like going back into the past like yeah and and like i i was at a couple of those shows and yeah it was high energy it's like that was like the first type of show i've ever been to like really like in really kind of in in that kind of intimate like for those many things to be going on mm-hmm. now where was this at uh it would be at like uh that pony like just to see like all that happening so okay you got a show you said with a hip-hop act a punk act where exactly was this happening again so this was at sound pony um it was us it was lizard police it was shout super shout out shout out to the flow bros man yeah flow bros mitchy poo Mitchy, Mitch, and Austin McAfee, yeah, yep. Mitch, kill him, Mitch, kill him. Uh, Lizard Police, and then uh, we, whenever we would set these bills up, we ended with Gardant because it was like this really dope electro dance, yeah. and that's like the Hewlett Brothers, Toad and Greg, um, Joseph Gregor, uh, who <laughs> you know, regularly he did a um, uh, a track with Stefan algebra that was like super that was the first time i ever heard step two uh was on that track um but that was like the vibe we would start out with either us or lizard please starting out that we always like whenever we would do show because we did multiple shows with these two cats like we even did a house show with these cats and it was like super dope because this is kind of how we did like our snorlax sets because we were finding out i'm like Ain't a lot of brothers out here on the scene. So, <laughs> you know, but I can't get nobody to go with me because they ain't into like the rock shit, you know what I'm saying? Or right. the white shit as they call it. Right. And uh I'd be out here myself chilling. So I'm just hanging out and going with people and meeting up with folks that I went to college with because, you know, you gravitate to the folks that I know. But, you know, every time the conversation is steered around organically, and that's what I appreciate. It wasn't like, a pressure to impress this black person I know it just always happened organically I would end up talking about hip-hop with someone especially in the groups of these bands so it was like well why don't we just all do a show together and we'll have everything kind of like represented which that was like the funnest shows because a you draw a crowd because you need to pull a percentage of sales at that bar if you mm-hmm. want to get a little dough in your pocket mm-hmm. uh, so like why not the do shows like this uh that's a perfect show for me because i'm into all genres so i'm like wait what there like that sounds ridiculous so like i popped off the scene for a minute like doing all the like a lot of life exploration growing up and everything so it's like i kept hearing like this story about 
and people complaining about like, oh, we had to open for metal bands. We had to open for rock bands and so on and so forth. And like, I didn't know the full backstory. So I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, what you complaining about? Like maximize your growth, <laughs> maximize your reach. Like, right. yeah. are you, but then like I heard it was like some whole extra shit involved with that where stipulation was for this or whatever. But I was like, it's kind of like broke my heart to hear that, that certain venues were like holding rap or hip hop acts to that. You know what I'm saying? It's like- Like they know, used like, your formula, but to profit from it in some ways mm-hmm. if that makes sense which like also i'm hoping that wasn't a thing like i was like okay maybe they're in the but space of well we we seen that it worked out this way how they did it but, but it was you know what I'm saying? It we, but it was a thing it was so it's like it was like it wrote my freaking heart it's, which it's, at the same it's it's changing speak on yeah. it mally speak on it yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's changing and and that's that's the beauty in it i think uh it's all about the growth and, and the, the but non-GMO growth. organic growth. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Children of the like genetically homegrown, modified corn. Homegrown nutrients. What I'm hearing and like seeing like around is like it it those the frustrations and the problems are born out of the forcing. That's what I'm saying, like before, like we were having the shit happen organically. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't about forcing it. You hear about these things later on and you're like, oh shit. Like, and also I feel like had I known, that's like, all right, that's why I, like, I've always, I had that FOMO, I started bartending. So it's like, I can't make it out. I can't, I'm having to cancel shows. I can't do shows. Like I can't set up stuff. I can't go support that kind of thing. So it's like, I had a feeling, had I been a bit more prevalent in the scene that at the, at, the, at the times when those were happening, maybe that shit wouldn't happen. Sound right. Oh. Don't tell nobody I told you this And I try to remember everything I know you missed I'm trying to get there sooner on some old you shit And always remember that don't nobody owe you shit don't tell nobody I told you this And I try to remember everything I know you missed Trying to get there soon on some old you shit And always remember that don't nobody owe you shit Into the session, Korean and Crash Dead in cash, rocking similar outfits to Ash As expansion on the Ganymede Jazz Produced methodical irreprisal On the subject, know that I'm gassed Aiming toward the gooseys, kicking caboosies Make a reckless look and sue me Roll to the store, with about a buck to we Split pockets, but we jarm like we mad lavish Hit with the second gen prizes, now they Mad propish, belly aching, wide cash, jingle changing jeans. Clerks look mean, want us to be the like Billy Jean. Take a moonwalk, grape soda, triangle chips. Save the rest for green cigarettes, cheap brews, match dip. It's kind of funny how an out of sort cantankerous energy can make you flip. Then I'm Amarillo by morning in the Buick with the horns with the yacht club click. Dr. Freeman in the lab because I owe you shit. Don't tell nobody I told you this. I have to say too that we, you know, how we all talk about how we all have gigs of our own, so we get sad because we can't support our friends mm-hmm. like i'd be djing at the max somebody would be mm-hmm. a pony another person would be a fazler but then it it was kind of cool one night when i happened to be playing at the max and andy was next door at you know down the street at fazler and kylie was next door at rabbit hole i'm like oh my god there's three girl djs right boom, boom, boom you know um but it kind of in some ways makes you sad because like you know for me on the flip of what you're saying like you can't go to those shows because you're working and like so you mm-hmm. you know you're talking about the bartending it's kind of to me the same type of thing like you're still yeah. there in you know but i feel you but, but yeah it, it wouldn't even matter like missing stuff he's like i 
Like it's like if I'm around and I get wind of something like that as soon as it happens, like I know who I can go to to talk to to right to talk to to talk about it. <laughs> this is why he is the doctor. You know, uh, and like I appreciate when cats like get because like it still happens you know, a few times. I like you know, basically get dinged or try to get dinged for something when they try to go hit a venue and they, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you know, I ain't, ain't going to get dinged, holler at me. I'll say what I can do is grease some wheels. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's communication. Right. But um, this is I remember- your network. You got to know who you're dealing with. Yeah. Your network. But is I just recall like that first show when we set that up, I was like, something, something. This hit different. This one hitting different. This whole mm-hmm. thing hit different. And uh, at Pony, and yeah. from there it's like, bam! I see verse all the time, and then boom, uh, we get the invite. I think uh, somebody was playing the other side, and that's like first time I got wind of like Steph, DV, Tone, those cats, and then we did drummer show. Shout out Algebra again because he was like, well, "We're putting everyone together." You know what I'm saying? I mean, we had two feathers, we had Mugen, Mugen crew, we had Oop. Burns, Oop. we had this was back when Spencer Livingston Ganey was still rapping. Yeah. Like Spence hit the hit the set rap. Uh Raiden used to show up, man. Like shout Yo. out Delacroix. Like yeah, yes, Delacroix. this is another one the of those YouTube. <laughs> I gotta go to my YouTube channel. Like, I got I have yeah. a moment. This moment that you're talking about right here, I got it mm-hmm. recorded when y'all are standing so, in the circle at a drummer a true show. Renaissance. So this was like in the that first show, that first drummer show, that was like a, a another moment, like boom, okay, something really different yeah. is happening. And it feels really good. So drummer show, if y'all don't know, it's like we had what three or four sets, and it was two drummers same time, and within that you cipher like you got to ride that beat that we would just mix and match MCs mm-hmm. um, and mix and match drummers for each set, and we did one uh, full band style. They had like Jordan Hill, uh, Ryan Tedder was still in town. He was in there on that one. Uh, I'm missing. There was there was a few cats. It was There's a few cats. Several. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, that was like another one of those. Wow. Like, this is, we need to do one of those again. Marking yeah. that down. Marking Please. that down. That was probably one of the funnest times mm-hmm. was the drummer show. Mally, did you uh, play think, any of those uh, shows? A- yeah, I did. I played a couple. Uh, mm-hmm. Amy, Amy, she played. Oh, um, Amy's a yeah. beast. Yeah, she, she played. I think Amy and Liz. Both of them played mm-hmm. uh, one. That was, that was like a really cool. That's the thing about Sound Pony. It's just like it's it's very uh, diverse. There's yeah. like there was always something different that was happening there, regardless when you went. It was just like, and they're always they they brought in really good acts. I felt like uh, I always hear about the infamous the time that Sweet Baby Jesus. I got Jay brought big Frida. Frida yeah, for his that was birthday. God, and I feel like I was there because he, which I totally was not, but he told the story one night in the back of Sound Pony. This was like, you know, end of the night, shut everybody shutting down, whatever. And 
the way Jay tells this story, like I physically, I came out of the story like hot and sweaty because he explains how it was so packed. So like packed. couldn't move. This was right before Big Frida started doing her reality TV show, I guess. Mm-hmm. They were actually supposed to start it, but they, for some reason, didn't bring the crew or whatever. And he was like, I'm just so glad that I got her before she, she just popped because. For you know, birthday, for his birthday. <laughs> it was like dad punk is playing at my house <laughs> like the whole place like they brought in like a little it was like a five-tier like stand thing so people could like see it wasn't just like yeah you know what i'm saying so people could stand on it was just like almost busted the window at the front which did happen at world culture music festival by the way yes, uh remember. that window had went through some things over the years <laughs> uh pack shows that poor window uh, Hey, for real. But yeah, Pony is that spot. I mean, they like, what was it? <laughs> Ray Schmurda had like a show at Kane's oh, and like yeah. popped by the Yeti and the Pony. Yeah. Just like, just yeah. like, what's up? Randomly. Like random ass shit like that. Um, yeah, stuff just like, kind of happens so in most of that. Where That's where I really remember Lessons in Fresh because this is where we're going, Doc. We, ah, we need to talk so. about, speaking of you being the teacher, like let's get into these lessons in fresh please and how you partner with clean hands and how did that all come about oh so this is like third moment where i was like okay everything's changed again it's done changed it just changed again (laughs) on me so this also happened not too long after uh oil house got up and running right actually so um yeah lessons in fresh just to speak on once again this og of the of the local hip-hop scene and also a man providing food to several families and homes on the north side community my man boogie walker yeah, yeah. out there doing it um so he's like yo hey man bounce with me to oklahoma city real quick like, wait what <laughs> that is yeah. probably exactly how he said it too only yeah. oh, man. bounce with me Bounce me one time, like, all right, uh, what's cracking? He was like, bro, there's two events going on. You need to, you need to, you, I taught him, telling you, you need to come down, you need to come down. So we went down and it was School of Thought and it was uh, Tactics. Uh, tactics is like full on B-boy, uh, B-boy jam. And so we went to lessons, in, or excuse me, School of Thought. S-O-T. School of thought. Uh, S-O-T. Yeah. So we, uh, School of Thought first. And so we get there inside this hotel in this banquet room. Um, don't tell me it's a clarion, huh? Was it the clarion? I don't know. I was riding, (laughs) (laughs) but we went and uh, I mean, we get in there and Boogie was bummed because it was at this hotel and like we it's in this banquet room and all this carpet and everything, and but they were trying to showcase local artists because they had like pop-up tables and booths with people showcasing like art, clothes, et cetera. Uh, and then they had the beat battle. And then uh, they had the M- the MC battle. And I remember trying to walk in with like a kind of expectation for what I had seen previously from respect battles or what I had seen previously from like like the one or two, like the two UAT events that I got to make it to. Uh, but uh, this was something still completely different, but rooted in the culture of hip hop. Cause 
like I could tell they was like b-boys there and they were all like like little like fiends like itching like frustrated <laughs> that this carpet was here because they wanted the bus yeah you know what I'm saying That's and then it, yeah <laughs> and then the b battle I'm like okay all right yeah and then the, the man bro whoo I think it was blaze one and tyler reed uh oh, wow. and now I'm telling you that card for the MC battle and they okay so they do it like straight Texas battle league style it's like acapella you find who your opponent is before so of course cats you know, do your research drop your plans etc mm-hmm. go into battle and like I'm thinking so I'm like uh because me you know me and my constituency, me and my constituency of Pierce, <laughs> we are definitely about like we prefer the crafters and rocking the beat, whatever the beat is kind of thrown in like uh the 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 model of an acapella stage one is kind of like it like it loses that 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 degree of difficulty level kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But the entertainment value though of these acapella joints, you know what I'm saying? Right. Far exceeds, which is why, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's the it's the do. I mean, these motherfuckers was hitting high, they was hitting low, like it was like it would like to see something like that, and it's in the spirit of hip hop, and it's not coming to blows. People are like dapping up afterwards and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like mm-hmm. you can still how you hurt feelings, man, but everybody's showing good sportsmanship, so to speak. It was a beautiful thing. And then, you know, scratch that itch after school of thought, we went to go see tactics, which something that also hit because like there's a specific crew of Native American B-boys like that this is their event, if I'm not mistaken. And like, I love when they pull up because not only are they masterfully skilled, but also the, like with B-boying, actually with any element, a four elements of hip hop moment with Doc Free. <laughs> Uh, yes yes so with b-boy and with any element of hip-hop you know what i'm saying and that b-boy one graffiti two uh scratching or djing three mc and four there's your four elements there kids uh style 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 is quintessential style is everything you know it's it <laughs> it, it makes it bre- <laughs> yeah it makes it breaks you know so with this Navy American crew of B-Boys, like, like fresh kicks, you know what I'm saying? Fresh moves, masterful, they tight, but also they were wearing traditional beadwork, you know? Ooh. Things that they had made, like things that were made, you know what I'm saying, by folks in their family, man. And yeah, that's like, sacred. They come through, shit down, and some of them have like the smaller pieces they keep on, and they, they do their whole thing, man. And like... Uh, there's this one six step man like they probably need to change it but it's like called a tonto because it kind of has like this i don't know if you go to powwows and you see them start doing the dances they do like that little tight that little mm-hmm. instep hum, dum, dum, yep. dum, dum, and it's kind of like your standard up rock uh nice. for b-boy and everything so i remember that night blew my, blew me away flash forward uh we going again respect battles okc going back and I'm like, all right, uh, what's cracking? It's like the biggest respect battle B-Boys battle I've seen since, what was it, King of Clubs, Claremore? Mm-hmm. And uh, 
wearing that shit and they're chilling and getting it. Uh, DJ Ed is who we rode with. Shout out DJ Ed. Like, what? First time I met Ed. Yeah. My guy, DJ Ed. In the- DJ oh. Ed. Oh, man. Cutting up, too, man. We was like, of me course. and Bug was cracking jokes the whole yeah. time. So we get up there, uh, and then he's DJing, which uh, Boogie was like, yeah, he ain't never DJed uh, a B-Boy battle, but, you know, he has some grooves, but there was another cat there they invited down to also DJ for the thing. And he's like, yes, my man DJ Somar. Like, never heard of him. So I'm like, Somar's got, of course, the classic catalog of like B-boy yeah. break samples. And like, I still got footage from that whole battle. Like it was like super, super duper fire. Coming so, in from the West Coast. Oh yeah. And then a couple months later after that, like I'm participating in my first MC battle ever and it's like me versus Alan Doyle versus Burns versus Algebra uh versus UB and came out on top but mid uh battle though and this was like you showcase songs and they're looking for make sure it's like some new delivery, et cetera. There was like an interlude moment where Mike D performed Kaplow, which was super dope, but they uh-huh. had to mid battle of that or mid event, they had to bring in another DJ cause the guy that was with, he's, he wasn't, he wasn't working. Wasn't so Somar popped up, had all the gear and everything that was needed to keep it rolling. So I went, Somar pulls me across the side to the hallway. You know, hallway we're at is in one of the corridors right right across from five guys on greenwood okay so this yes. is like back in to be okay it's mm-hmm. like before you get to uh uh the before you get to the shop before tony's barbershop like there's like those right. double doors on the things you can go into yeah yeah and they have like all these weird rooms so movement 918 was in there that's where boogie had moved his dance studio yeah and like i remember rivy used to come through there and shoot photography yeah. back when he was doing a photography thing and then he would start chopping up about beats and stuff uh me and uh black fox my first band uh my two bar my two uh not bars with my two inola homies we were practicing in there and like there'd be b-boys in there it was like a real dope creative spot but that's what the battle was someone pulls me across on a side on the uh in the hallway and is like yo hey man you dope you obviously like know the landscape of the town and everything it's like uh i'm interested in throwing a jam but not like your typical oh we're gonna have a couple acts and party and that'd be it's like you know i want it to be four elements i want to have like uh somebody that you know either does sprays or whatever come out it's like um invite whatever b-boys you know to come through we'll schedule uh an artist and yeah and i was like all right yeah i'll see we can i was like hey these are all things i like (laughs) and i noticed like there wasn't we didn't have something like oklahoma city had the school of thought yeah. and as he's telling me this like bam my memories of school of thought smacking me in the face tactics smacking me in the face right uh respect battle stack smacking me in the face i'm like yeah we can we can do that and uh i came up with the name lessons in fresh and now in res- retrospect like i feel like a biter because that sounds like mad close to school of thought <laughs> like it's tulsa little little brother tulsa and i always want to be like big bro nah, that's a fly name though yeah, and yeah. the shout out well yeah. shout out to big bro because ronnie harris like monster beat maker monster monster beat maker yeah. he was a tactician on the on the linoleum as well 
so it's like definitely shout out to him and Revive and Josh Stormy, why not? Uh, yeah, you know, Oklahoma City Cats. But and I feel like ain't, ain't nothing wrong with a tribute. Ain't nothing wrong yeah. to giving that that respect and those props to, you know, those that kind of, you know, you, you brought the elements together, right? These were separate events in Oklahoma City and you just brought them all into one spot. Oh, I was specifically only talking about two because like school thought that was like full package. Like it had B-boys, like, because I okay. went several several times after they had B-boys and stuff like that. But I wanted to like do like a, a different kind of structured showcase versus like having like battles and stuff. So yeah. um, we ended up just seeing what was cracking on the open day at the Pony and Skirt came out with the sprays. I passed, uh, I passed uh, this black book around. And so I got like some some good hand styles from some local homies and then some b-boys came out I believe it was like burns and mike d came through and spilled on the raps for us that night too and i got pictures then like what year was this doc this was also 2012 this is july oh, july wow. yeah God. and then we had a uh, like squeak was in at this show uh pay popped up so i'll then, never forget when i got that call to dj for lessons in fresh i was like mama I made it <laughs> like <laughs> it literally felt that way i was so ner- doc probably remembers i was so nervous and it was that sound pony still and um oh my god that was one of the best experiences djing i've i'm i'm about to do it doc i have ever oh. had in my life like <laughs> it was i know no, get it ready because i'm really tearing up like it was the best thing because like it was yeah, a whole vibe. Like, it was it a was, whole vibe. It's freedom. It's, you get to play whatever the hell you want. You don't feel like there's a certain type of crowd you have to play to. Like, I played whatever the fuck I wanted to play, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. And that's how it should be curated. Woo. Yeah. yeah it should be amazing. curated. Like, play what you want. Because I know you're going to get, get the crowd vibing. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. Been eight <laughs> years strong, putting on putting on Tulsa talent and bringing in whatever time, national acts. There was a time when there was a little break in there from Lessons in Fresh and it became something else just for a mm-hmm. minute, like for a year. Lessons in Fresh was kind of off for maybe a year. Uh, it was it was flickering. I was like hardcore in the, at the at the at the bar scene. Okay. So it was wow. like I was having to like duck out on hosting but they were trying to rock it with with different hosts or rock it hostless. Okay. Uh, quite a few times. So that was, was like it was some, called something different. I can't think of the name right now. My bad. My memory doesn't serve me. Yeah, that's back was, when Wildebeest was in town too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we were like, I was like, I don't know what we're gonna do, guys. Yeah, Al Compton, DJ Al Compton in there. Yeah, yeah shout out to my lessons and fresh crew. So it's like started out, of course, with me and my man DJ Somar, uh transplant from the West Coast. Um, and then ended up there's this call him a bloke this is this bloke <laughs> every has- every single lessons in fresh mate and he, and he needs to start a podcast about the best chips i mean no i'm saying it uh, wrong fresh fresh crisps. fresh socks and crisps that's yes. what we call because my man loves a good pair of like graphic uh, graphic uh uh socks and he also loves a good bag of crisps yeah <laughs> Say that to the crisps. I have to crisps. I always gotta go crisps. But yeah, shout out to my man Al Compton, aka Alex Maroney, aka yeah. DJ Blank Slate. So uh that's our homie from England. Um yeah. 
moved here for love and thankful that he did so. And even thankfully. became a citizen. Yeah, thank, yeah, got his citizenship and everything, hey. but he's a Tottenham fan. He's freaking coy. I, I, that's the only fault he's got. <laughs> the only fault he's got because London is blue. Chelsea FC. <laughs> but, uh, so glad we got him, man. Um, I didn't know he, I thought, I thought he was like a really huge hip hop enthusiast. And he was like, oh, no, I'm good on the decks. He said, I'm nice on the decks. I'm like, all right. Hell yeah. All right. Is. Like, I, that dude, Al Compton, he used to do dope drum and bass raves and stuff yeah. back in uh, back in England. So I'm like, like if we could ever get him, get oh the God. lessons in fresh episode, we need to pick the brains of these dudes, figure out like, yeah, like, my man Somar from LA, but one of only of a couple people I know still play ice hockey. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and out here forty plus on the skateboard, but he, he nice on the ice, bro. He is super That's nice crazy. on ice. He is like LA Kings to the death of him, bro. Wow. Yeah, he's a super hockey man. No uh, so we so we ever gonna see him at an Oilers game? Does he hang out the Oilers? I don't know game? if he even I I don't know, man. I feel like he thinks like a D, like triple A hockey is trash or something. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he'd be out there, I probably he might be out there judging fools because he actually still can play. Wow. So um, but yeah, got him got Alex from from across the pond, and then uh, our boy Adre, who's from here, yeah, like like shopping his sword called. down yeah. in uh, down in Florida, yeah. getting it on. So I am have been super, and then also because mention again, DJ Wildebeest, like yeah, brings a whole nother Power extra element. House. So we got all these different DJs in there, and I'm sitting there like DJ, like like I. I'm like I'm trying. There's, there's some, there's no really DJ crews out here. There's a lot. Of, there's less some good DJs, but yeah. like I, I put anyone on my squad yeah. up against anyone in this town, and I'm telling you, we're coming away with the motherfucking win. Yes, straight up, every single time. Like to They're talk like, about how I talk about Oil House, I only fuck with the elite. Yeah. They're like so, Voltron of DJs. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I just like uh, I'm very very fortunate to be learning from them and and because i noticed like i have a i also have like kind of a palette of rap and hip-hop that they don't particularly gorge mm-hmm. or taste upon so i think that's why we all just mix well and yeah they all scary on the mic except for compton if you get a couple pints in them love you bro <laughs> <laughs> well, let me find out <laughs> that's all we got that's all it takes to give him pass the mic to him oh man he's good on there anyway he's he's been a he's been been killing it uh well he was killing it. my man's kind of took his little hiatus he's living that nice lovely cottage life yeah out there life. getting it nice. you know what i'm saying yeah I love but it. uh i love to see yeah, less lessons and fresh you know we're gonna keep going strong we're gonna keep putting on a talent any talent that we can like i feel so blessed to be come across the amount of talent that this that Tulsa Oklahoma has like we brought cats up from Oklahoma City yeah um got to bring blueprint from the rhyme sayers through like that was an amazing thing for me and uh work with cats like fresh produce out of St. Louis mm-hmm. uh on their beat on their uh excuse me their beat battle empire that they got so it's like uh we we've been blessed and fortunate I'm gonna keep saying that b-word blessed like uh pony Thank you for getting us started, you know, and then also yeah. shout out to Fastle Hall for yeah. keeping us going because, you know, we had to 
we had to upgrade to get them generate them funds to keep it going you know yeah bring in more bring in more and talent bring in more vibes crowd yeah because it, it grew so much tremendously and that's that's what I love the most. Of course, I'm the DJ girl. I'm like, oh my God, I'm really just here for these sets. But then you almost like you forget, like, yo, but there's gonna be some dope performances in between too. Oh shit, Ooh. you know. So and then being on the other side of it, when you get to be the one who's playing, like I'm playing next to DJ Adre. Are you kidding me yeah. right now? Like, ah, I remember one time I had to mix into whatever he was playing and he gave me like a depth, like, yo, that was dope. Dope transition. <laughs> and then my equipment got rained on like three songs in. I was outdoors. Oh, outside. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was at Fazler and I was so sad, but that fist bump from Adre was all I needed that night. I was like, <laughs> okay, I'll take that yeah. Foxy Brown. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, it's been great doing it. Um, It's been like a, like, a tale of two halves, as they say in sports, you know, I noticed with the, the transitions of us moving from Sound Pony to Fassler, I mean, both were great halves. We played great, yeah. but it was like we were playing a different team in mm -hmm. each half, it felt like, you know what I'm saying? Because we didn't get a lot of the homies that were regulars uh, at our Sound Pony thing mm -hmm. coming through to Fassler. You know, and that's like where I'm also I'm seeing where we still have a divide here in this town. It's not necessarily yeah. racially, it's socially. You know, it's uh, it's that social uh, was it socials versus greasers kind Yay. of mentality that's yeah. still kind of prevalent here. But I was very once again blessed to be over there fasting, the right? Because like <laughs> we would do something where like okay, the B boys would come out because a more space. Uh, so folks were not at Fassel were not used to that. They weren't used to seeing like an MC right. battle and stuff like that. They weren't used to seeing a B battle. Yeah. But I would always like pop still to this day, I'll pop off stage and be like, they'd be like, yo, that was dope. We never seen that before. Like we just came here to turn up and shit, man. But that shit was fucking fire. Like, what's yeah. up? Ah. So it's like that whole reach one, teach one thing. I mean still you know I, I was starting out with butter i was like well we're so and so no one's coming like i did that oh but now i'm like no you gotta 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 grow that's yeah. cool if it ain't your vibe it, it ain't your vibe but if we're there it's your vibe it's going to <laughs> be your vibe it's your vibe no, your vibe. no yep. you cannot hear lizzo right now <laughs> i'm about to play some tribe and i might mix that into a little bit of i don't know and then adre might hit you with a lizzo <laughs> katronata like remix like, or something you never know, you know but just sit back relax and you don't need to request anything just Go back out to the floor and have a good time. Oh, uh, they can't help it, but you know, for that little, you find <laughs> me that twenty spot. We might make a little swift happen. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm lying. That will never happen. And all that other, other shit, you know what I'm saying? It's Dr. Free Logo, honey. You know what I mean, picking some shit in here, out here, cause we over there. But we was over there, but we right here. Cause these are real sounds, real keys, and real time Not simple from hard wax, not found online This shit is sublime, the written's hitting harder like BuzzCon Man dropped off the cage in my respect like a spawn Hard as fuck and ain't scared of shit These North Postal bars rip terror off your fig More funky in the armpit at the 5k shit Good up like Jiminy 
and click the jam. Deafer than Martin Short in the circus like Johnny Five did. Give a fuck about a skin. These names are just marks and then their hearts. They need to check themselves, kid. I did a lot of dirt but still avoid the bid. You challenge upon a mic like this was one trip sin. They'll cheap bids and I got the ass kicking. They can't fill the shoes and that's why they steady tripping. You hear about so and so, but no, I didn't listen. Focus harder than ever, can I slow up the mission? Local honey glisten. Yeah, man. All right, uh, Doc. Thank you for the history lesson in fresh. Yeah, but I tried to cap it, but that was still kind of long. Man, no. <laughs> like, I, yo. We didn't even get. To, yeah, we didn't even we didn't, get. We didn't even get down to the comics or the anime. Oh, and, where, where are we going there? We're gonna go there. That. You still oh no, that? we ain't we ain't done. Yeah, we gotta. Yeah, get, we got right? time. I know you got night. I know you have an itinerary <laughs> there. Yes, I do. So what's time. up? So what's up? So uh, I don't. We heard so about lessons in fresh. We heard about lessons in fresh. We've got the oil house story. We heard about Snorlax. But what I really need to know about Doc Freeze origin story is how in the world did you come to love comic books and anime, and how TV and film has impacted like Doc Freeze development as an artist. And I see these little hints of things, you know, in your in your work and your art, but like. How did that all kind of happen? Were you a kid? Like, what were your interests then? Oh, yeah. If you know me, or even if you've been listening to me on this podcast, you can tell uh, I've got uh, a bit of penchant for the weird. Uh, and I have <laughs> since my induction on this blue marble. Uh, I've always grown up kind of like in that zone. Like, uh, started out with Ninja Turtles. And then you get a comic book in your stocking, get your first X-Men comic book in your Christmas stocking. Hey. And you're like, all right. And then your brothers are like, your stepbrothers are like, what is this? I'm like, y'all want your comics? I'll take them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you think about it. We spend, as human beings, so much of our so-called private time immersing ourselves in the works, in the thoughts, in the words, and the music of others, right? right? It's only natural that we're going to regurgitate or uh, expound upon these things whenever we start touching things creativity, creatively. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also like pop culture and all of these other things or bits of media, it's how we communicate. We don't, we, we look to that stuff more than anything to relate yeah. because we figure we're all watching it. We all figure we're all doing it. We figure we're all listening to it. So it's like inevitable that that's why I feel like sonically the, the best bars as far as MCs are concerned that like are holding most weight. Like some of the best ones are like those punchline-y things that have to do with like a metaphor and, you know, that music, that bar could hit, what, two million pairs of ears. Yeah. And only 1,000 of those will get it, but it's totally worth it. And then like that, that kind of like that energy, that oh, I get it energy is pushing the universe and kind of like circulates. So you help like push it back, like push it back around again kind of thing. Right. So it's just always been there. Um, like a... Uh, I was kind of a latchkey kid. Your parents 
always working. So you entertain yourself after you do your homework. Yeah. So, so, so how'd you feel about the Watchmen series on HBO versus the actual comic books? How I feel about all adaptations of <laughs> great writers work. Okay. So like, yeah, I read literature. Okay. Big fan of Shakespeare, Edgar Allan Poe, Coates, Baldwin, um, you know, Hemingway, like, yeah. like Homer is one of my favorite artists, like Iliad and the Odyssey. But I notice a switch out of academia, like my new Hemingways, my new Shakespeare's, where guys like Alan Moore, guys like Grant Morrison, who yeah. wrote some of the most iconic stuff for DC and Marvel. Mm -hmm. So I spend a lot of my youth, adolescence, and now my adulthood, like, as, like, this is my hobby, pouring into this material that I think is just, like, a lot of it beyond its time, unappreciated, et cetera. So when I see that the big movie's coming, when I see the big series is coming, when I see these things happen, I'm like, this is dope. One, because you tell, like, what, nine, ten-year-old me that that's going to happen, especially growing up. 80s and 90s where like the stigma is on everything you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. if it's not if it don't make dollars it don't make sense red blood american woohoo wah wah kind of mm -hmm. stuff you know what i mean so right. like all this stuff where me and my peers are being chastised for we're being we're like you, your adolescence is hard you know because you know we're our worst at that age you know being like lord of the flies every day even under supervision so it's like to grow up now and see Tony Stark's a household name. Yeah. Black Panther's a household thing. Yeah. It's like, you told young me that, I would've told you, get the fuck out of here. Hey, Doc, I don't know where you're from. Have I, <laughs> have I told you that my mom was like, loved comic books as a kid? Have I told you this before? Mm -mm. I would really like for you to talk to my mom about, especially the Avengers and all of that. Like, she you started- on some stuff. Oh man, she started telling me how she would save her quarters to buy a, co a certain comic book. And I was like, wait, what? Wow. You know, Superman's dog's name. Like it was random things like that. Crypto. I was like, oh, wait, hold on, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea. And now I'm like, oh, she needs to talk to Doc about comic books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she would love that. So, so we, got, we can rap, we can rap. Like, uh, see my mom, I think she did comic books, but she did Mad Magazines. So that okay. guy, yeah, I think that's, I, that's one of the first things I remember buying with my own money before I even bought my own first comic book was a Mad Magazine or Cracked Magazine, yeah. uh, which were just like for, once again, you kids who don't know. Five. Oh yeah. So these were like publications <laughs> that would be like your, your written and cartoon characterized versions of like SNL, mm -hmm. which, which is why Mad TV became a thing because it was actually just like, that's the parody, like in paper form. But um, yeah, it's all these, I put a lot of time and energy, I mean, yeah. RIP into- I was gonna say, and let me say right now, we can see Doc looking at the wall. We yeah. don't know what he's looking at. Yeah, the, the wall of stuff, of books I've got, and that's just like a small portion of it too. Yeah, but, I figure it's probably not uh, even all of it. And I've scaled it down too. But um, like I put a lot of energy obviously money and stuff like that into these things so you get excited uh for the drop but now i found myself more often than not unless it's coming from mcu 
Marvel Cinematic Universe, I'm mm-hmm. more than like I'm setting myself up to be disappointed and I am often correct. So my thing about the Watchmen is, is the thing about the source material and the thing about the source material for that is the author Alan Moore. I mm-hmm. kind of, I, I idolize this gentleman uh, as a writer, like him and Brett Easton Ellis, like are like my favorite writers, like the level of detail, how they can figure story, how they can just, even in the most non-creative mind, drag all of that out of your brain through your mm-hmm. nose. You know, they can do that. <laughs> and like, I saw the other products that were the fruit of Alan Moore's labor, labor that were brought to life on film. And so I went into the Watchmen series, I had to, you know, take a deep breath, you know, cause he did um, Live Extraordinary Gentlemen which had a killer cast. It was even fronted by freaking Sean Connery playing Alan Quartermain. Yeah. yeah. And they pulled a great director, the dude who did the first blade, which was like my favorite blade in that movie mm-hmm. was like, it was from the source, from the source material, if not handled well, then they did from hell starring Johnny Depp. Not a lot of people know that that was based off a comic. Mm-hmm. Kind of dropped the ball on that too. Then mm. Watchmen, the movie comes out. So, I'm most excited about this because that is the one book that a friend handed me like a beat up paperback of the collected edition. And it wasn't a mind blow or a mind melt. It was like I split into 10 different (laughs) beings and then came back again. It's like the- That's what I wish I had a visual of what you just did with your hands. It's, it was the, it was the realest thing I've read about a complete world that can only be fictitious, which involves Mm -hmm. superheroes. When I say it was the realest read, it was like, they were handling things that me, you, everyday Joes go through. And at the time I read this, like, I, I was still like on the whole superhero swag, like big muscles, big guns. Mm-hmm. big tits big budget kind of stuff <laughs> and then like i started reading more like underground stuff and reading more out and more stuff like uh lost girls from hell he did v for vendetta which it wasn't a terrible film it wasn't terrible but also man- mangle a mangle of the original property so flash forward Watchmen movie comes out and they I go see it in the theaters, like because as many as much of us fanboys, that's what we call us. Uh, uh, those of us who are into comics, anime, and the media of the like are called fanboys and fangirls. Most of us fanboys, like we, we were pissed because they left a crucial part of this story out of the theatrical cut, mm-hmm. which was the Black Freighter. Yeah, and it's like this weird, messed up like because it's a it's a story in a story they're breaking the fourth wall there's like this reoccurring scene in the comic where there's this kid reading this comic book the black freighter at this newsstand as each event is happening through the Watchmen. so they left that out of the theatrical cut ah we were all like up in arms or whatever and i was like i knew it i knew it i knew they're gonna fuck this up i didn't know how and (laughs) but they just did the worst job at it but to the credit though shout out to Zack snyder like he got toned down he got that feeling that eerie sense of like dr manhattan yeah it was great yeah. yeah but it's like one of those things and then like 
so I, I pray to this, I pray to the God of Alan Moore and he's never ever enjoyed any version of his work that's gone to theatrical cut and more so than anything, his kind of thing that out of his body of work that keeps getting tampered with is the Watchmen. And it's kind of like a solidarity thing. DC said, hey, we're gonna, you're getting the rights to this book. We're gonna press out X many and after that it's done. And he had, he's like, he wanted no more pressings of this game. Don't do another pressing. I don't want any extra stories, side stories, prequels, none of that attached to this book. But the story is so groundbreaking for the genre that of course, like any good, like any good corporation will do, they gotta squeeze every drop of blood out of that stone. Yep. So Alan Moore has been like, that's like one of his projects he had been like super, super vocal about like, fuck anything attached to the Watchmen, I'm done with it kind of thing. So mm. I knew they were going to mangle it. They did what they could and it was good, but the director's cut was dope. So here we are with this show. <laughs> and when I say the director's cut was good, that's like almost dissing it for something that I should say was the best piece of cinematic film work for a superhero film ever and it wasn't mm-hmm. it was kind of like a polished turd right uh which kind of what the justice league movie is until that snyder cut comes out here pretty soon uh-huh yeah but, <laughs> okay but yeah so we had the show okay now we're here to the show so i'm like all right i'm conflicted because i don't want big hollywood capitalizing or bringing into a weird light, like yeah, you got to handle this shit very delicately in my brain. Yeah. And then, and then I saw the type of people because I took me a while. It took me for a long minute to watch it, but that's all the type of people and how those people were approaching me concerning this. And then I would ask them, "Have you read the book?" And they'd mm-hmm. be like, "No." I'm like, "Do you see the movie?" And then some would say yes, most would say no. Then I would ask them which cut of the movie they watch. And then I'd be like, no, no. So it's like one of those like, yeah, kind of thing. Um, then, I, then I sat down and watched it. And but the, I, I noticed like I appreciate cinematography more than ever, anything in shows. And like they were getting the edits down and all that stuff, like the way they were wide framing cutting scenes cast was great and all that stuff uh timing couldn't have been more perfect it reminded me of like mr robot and then i saw um who they had attached to the project i mean because normally you're like um there's always i I noticed here late especially with marvel movies there's there's something that makes them good you know there's something that's like oh well why why is this so good well they've been bringing on the writers and the creative people that actually wrote the source material stories in to these rooms with these like high paid executives to talk about how this movie should be played out. This is why Iron Man was so successful. They brought in Matt Fraction. Uh, mm-hmm. Like they brought in Jeff Loeb for that stuff. They brought in, Dream uh, team of- yeah. And then, then DC was like, we gotta do the same thing. We gotta bring, so how you gonna find Alan Moore? This motherfucker is like Gandalf, the the, the dark yeah. wizard. He like he's more dark than Saruman, but has better <laughs> magic than Gandalf. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he's never gonna come sit down and freaking like, yeah, this is what you should do with my movie. 
no he's never gonna do that <laughs> um so i was sitting there and i saw gibbons dave gibbons was uh one of the original people uh that did the washroom and i was like okay dude all right i got to they they brought gibbons on and regina king freaking killed it and but back of my mind still i'm still uncomfortable like it's just like profiteering <laughs> off of I, I, I get this feeling like it's just still yeah. just profiteering on something and then the fact like all right man i kind of do i want to get it no nah, fuck it this is a spoiler like if you're gonna if you haven't read the watchman and you have a desire to yeah spoiler like, alert spoiler effing alert um so in the book he wasn't black the dude was white the whole time he didn't mm-hmm. put on any face makeup and put the hood on. No, yeah. like the weird sexual thing was yeah. still there in the book, yeah. which for me as being like at that age, like reading that, I was just like, dude, they are tackling heavy shit. Yeah. Like Silk Spectre in her whole yeah. uh, relationship with the comedian. And then you have this deteriorating social, psychosocial mental state of Dr. Manhattan. Like that just kind of like, I just eat that stuff up because like this yeah. is how everyone this is this is how real people are trying to process their real lives every mm-hmm. day mm-hmm. kind of thing so um they i was just like man and then i had like i got in my brain like all right this isn't alan moore's work but gibbons is and then like episode two i was just like yeah yeah, yeah. and then they had everything that gave me it was way better than the movie this this series gave me everything that gave me that that feel good i'll never read anything on this part again kind of feeling that i got from the watchman book uh the way they rounded everything out mm-hmm. um and it's like there was kind of that 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 uh i was gonna say theory but like that formula of how the original storyline goes but it felt so much more because it felt like the like one of the best done sequels I'd ever seen in my life mm. kind of thing. It's like I could skip that whole movie. Fuck the movie. I could just like, okay, read the book and then yeah. go watch this series and you are gonna be like it's like it doesn't skip a beat, you know? Yeah. It's like I don't know. They they pulled in enough writers that I guess they had poured over the source material with Gibbons and was like that that's good. Uh so I see these themes and everything and uh i hear people talk about specifically concerning the story like the 1921 race riot which like for me like there's so much more going on in this universe in this story uh you know what i mean than just what we want to focus on uh for 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 relevance kind of thing but i would never want to take away from the fact that it's put the subject of why we do final africa yeah out there on the map i just like feel uncomfortable like leaning on the watchman to to make it relevant for folks because what i all like while that's also good i want people to take watchman for more than just like a black versus white thing like there's so many different themes in there that speak out to humanism to like Mm -hmm. how we need to be towards each other how aware we need to be so we can stop stop fighting and bickering with one each other based off of like 
color and blood so we can go do things like explore the cosmos so we can yeah, yeah we're too distracted you know yeah. so it's like it was like it was like a catch-22 for me it's like a, a purist for the genre it's like man there's so much more than it felt selfish you know kind of yeah. like to, to try to do to do that it, it just kind of feels selfish but all, uh also at the same time fuck it though folks gotta know you know like, yeah, it's soup. yeah and if this is a platform like it didn't take uh a five night documentary on abc or cbs or yeah you know this wasn't roots you know or some shit like that you know mm-hmm. this was this is something for a new generation and the generation now is capes masks like yeah. you know yeah. what i mean like literally we, masks now yeah literally <laughs> literally masks now so uh yeah i had my qualms but overall it was i thought it was super duper duper well done like i was bummed though because like in that story warshak is warshak is the hero yeah. warshak is the only one of pure justice out of the entire cast in the original Watchmen, and for all of his hard work to expose truth to be an unwavering beacon for justice he gets vaporized for it mm. Yeah. Mm. spoiler alert by dr manhattan My bad. and then <laughs> and then as yeah and then as a result in the show they make him the image of a hate group and that bummed me out yeah because he was the only one which also i you know i get it from a writing standpoint that that's like man you're drooling it trying to project that kind of irony to people just to be like ha clever i am yes but also you bummed me out man because rorschach's my favorite character he was the only good guy mm. like and then for all of his good work all of his hard work bam but That's it was right. good it was so really your good. overall your overall rating is 8.5 out of 10 8.5 okay we'll see what the next season does okay. but it's definitely it for the time it's happened like it's so weird how everything is has been happening over the past three years uh forget about like the last 13 months but for the last three years how weird everything's been moving it's like i don't know so like, that's, oh man this this came kinda, at the right time but like mm, all this shit came at a weird time what do you that's, mean that's what we want to talk to you about the you you have referenced many times the cosmic nature of events so let us dive a little deeper into that spiritual world. And we want to hear you describe, you know, how you see Tulsa, specifically the hip hop scene through the lens of a spiritual narrative, if you will. Hip hop through the lens of a spiritual narrative. Who came up with that wacky question? Come on, you already know. <laughs> as, as the cosmos is floating behind your head. I, I, I love to always be able to point out, like, Doc has the most amazing background. Every time we're on our Zoom call, it literally <laughs> looks like he's about to go into a black hole. Like, it's just this purple and blue and pink. It's and, a portal. It is a portal. It's just like he's about to go somewhere <laughs> else. And I never know where he might take us. Like, so... But we're talking about all, you know, all the, the, the irony of the fact that, you know, now we're all wearing masks and these things that are happening to us and around us right now. Oh um, man. Okay. So it's like the connection, the connection between, or not even connection. Cause what we're really looking for is we're looking to tie all these things together for relevancy. Mm -hmm. And I get that. 
but uh, and I was like weird coincidence. No, not weird coincidence. It's like I think of um, shows like uh, to once again bring in to relate, bring in popular media in media and whatnot. Right. Mr. Robot. I don't know it was like a weird how that first season ended up because like they were covering things that were happening in real time it felt like um with the way our corporations were doing like bailouts and whatnot even down to like they had to switch out either like their second to last or one of the last episodes of the first season because they were uh gonna have a scene where a cameraman like opens fire in the middle of while he's filming something of an interview but that was the same week that this dude walked up like i guess he got fired from the station he walked up as like an anchor was interviewing a person and filmed himself opening fire so they had to like change the whole thing flip side got south park same thing those writers are so fucking quick to make an episode about current events you know and that's how i feel like like the simpsons yeah yeah well, the Simpsons, they, they, they're they 10 years ahead of everyone, mm-hmm. uh, you know what I'm saying, as far as, like, predictability or something like that. And it's, like, weird that cosmically those things end up playing out in our real lives to the point you have trouble finding where is art imitating life and the reverse. Right. So um, it felt like somebody in the offices at HBO or whatever, they this was coming up you know mm-hmm. they knew this was coming up um and it's one of those chicken of the eggs where they sit in there and be like okay cool yeah. how can we tie the story into ramped up like political things that are happening because you i felt like the series probably was like riding off because like these things take a time to get produced so like they start years sometimes a couple years in advance so i'm like all right, is this like off the back of Ferguson? And then they found like their story to tie in and make like a really crazy and weird narrative kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and like uh, to try to find a similar similarity, especially with the mask. I mean, yeah, we're all wearing masks, like, but you know, physically. We're not but, all. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> we're, oh, oh yeah, I feel you on that. But you know what I'm saying, but. <laughs> but to to challenge that and to say kind of yeah we are it's just yeah. like no we we're, we all put on a mask every day yeah for sure physical mm. or not you mm. know and to bring it back around to keep it locked in on the comic tip you know that's the thing alter egos everyone's got one every day yep. you know you go to work you gotta be a certain way hey, yeah. you know what i mean you right. gotta go out and go around people you gotta do this that, and the other we're all wearing masks all the time so it's like we wear masks to cover up and a lot of times more times than not it's, it's a metaphorical thing and i like how they're they were pointing that out um i thought it was funny is like you don't get to pick a mask and a name and something cool <laughs> if you're a beat right. cop if you're a beat cop you just gotta wear the yellow mask okay. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. which i was like where is like how much also speaking of the cosmic thing like the symbolism in that you know uh we're in a time where well we've always known like it's been fatalities via 
in officers' hands time and time again. We just live in a smartphone age now where it's just captured more often than it used to be, you know? Like, who knows if it's less or more? But I think with the amount of it's unarmed kids being shot, it's people being shot in the back, people getting shot in their sleep, stuff like that. I think the yellow was symbolic for masks, for those masks, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you got to earn the right within those ranks to switch it up, be something different, be something more than, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, we're all out here in these masks. It's 1921. Hmm. Well, there's 19, some- it's, 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 it's now 2020, and we a year, we yeah. a year off it. And it seems like, few months away yeah just a few months a couple months we gotta bring up that cosmic soup again it's like um spiritually (laughs) speaking like i feel um it's just we're finding more things to cling on to to call them similarities you know what i'm saying it's like Mm -hmm. like the the spirit has always been around in tulsa you know yeah with what we've been dealing with what we're dealing with politically it's always been around kind of thing um and i think that i i'm seeing and experiencing more healing than i have in the past whatever my life being here too Uh, i'm seeing more discussion i'm seeing more dialogue i'm seeing uh less confrontation and more communication you know more listening more listening you know and this is also in the midst of me seeing more activism that i've seen um more uh more more feeling of love you know what i'm saying like i'm seeing that more too in the midst of all this and then with that being i mean it's just like uh this crazy weird chaotic burrito that's got like seven layers we've got like a covid we've got police brutality uh We've got like hurricanes, we've got COVID, you know, uh, we've got COVID. Oh, and COVID, uh, and then some more COVID. And then we've got Trump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Put chaotic so, burrito on a t-shirt, doc. K, it's a chaotic seven layer burrito. It's a chaotic seven layer oh, burrito. Man. So it's like, uh, I'm finding more and more non-black folks like actually just like it's like hey how do how do how do we feel about this or how do i feel about uh like just simple things like mm-hmm. is it okay to do this in this scenario but you know i always got to say like hey man if you have to ask yeah 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 but at least you were dialoguing you know what i'm saying right like, you, we're not putting on front street um but i'm seeing i'm not seeing any less love i'm not seeing more hate you know right it's like uh i thought i'd see more you know i'm saying i feel like certain things like this trump business and whatnot is giving trying to give motherfuckers license to act out and i honestly thought i'd see more acting out and i'm thank i'm very very thankful that i haven't yeah and i that things haven't spilled over into no to no wild and craziness but uh we get through to to this time next year 
we'll see how see how I feel about it then. Right. After and November. After November. Well shit, even after May. After yeah. June. Yeah. It's we'll gonna see be how. a lot happen over the next few months. But yeah, I hope that kind of because I have to figure like the short version of that is like I'm not seeing a lot, but I like what I'm seeing. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like uh, I'm seeing just enough of one thing and I'm seeing not enough of the other. Might be because of the circles I'm running. Like I see motherfuckers going, I see a lot of motherfuckers going crazy. I'm seeing this and this and this in my timeline and in my feed. I'm like, who are you fucking with? Like, right. And why haven't you adjusted your feed? For you real. Can those people. Or you can unfriend them. Yeah. Yeah. So, Doc, um, thank you for that, first of all. I yes, like that I like that you said that you're seeing more love than hate. Um, I totally agree with you on that. I am seeing more of that as well. And I do think it is important to uh, be mindful of what circle you are in. Uh, but it also, like, if you see someone outside of that circle and they start going, hey, can, can, can I be in that circle? Yeah, sure, join us. Come, come over here. <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to pat you down psycho, yes psychologically, let us love yeah. on you <laughs> no, i mean like let us show you this love it's a security style you pat down <laughs> arms out player she on the funny shit okay you ain't in no chat room yeah. racist like doja cat all right cool i'm out <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah but thank you thank you for that so we want to talk about when I said earlier that Doc is a teacher, the reason why I said that is because there was a moment uh, when we were in the house of clean hands and I told Doc, like, I've never, I still don't really consider myself a DJ. I feel like I'm a blender, if you will. I was just talking to DJ Kylie last night and she's like, you are a DJ. I'm like, girl, not like you, <laughs> like you cut. Okay. Like you're a DJ. Like, um, but I, I say that but my own term, it's my own term and definition. And anyone can hey, I still what refer that to is. myself as a specialized selector. See? Yeah. So, I gotta get on AJ level. I gotta get on Compton level. I gotta get on, on Somar level. I gotta get on Chambers I level. Be. I wanna be there too. And and we were at in the, as I said, in the house of clean hands. We were about to record one of our earlier podcasts. And Doc was like, well, come over here, Allie. I'll show you how to do a couple tricks. And I was like, oh my gosh, I actually get to put my hands on the turntable. Like it was the best feeling mm. ever. And it's so that's why I said, you know, you're a teacher. Like you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to show me that. Right. You showed me. Yeah. Uh, hey, don't, 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 don't let Malachi Brad just fool you folks. Okay. <laughs> uh, you get him around a stack of like funk and soul records. He'll show you. A couple of things <laughs> about bending, blending on a oh, backbeat. Man, yeah, I I, I learned I no learned play. from the greats, man, as well. I learned from watching y'all, man. Lessons and fresh, watching y'all, listening, really just listening. Yeah, like going to all these sound pony shows and hearing Somar blend, hearing hearing everyone blend in in the scene is really what helped me really understand how to beat match and you know even going over nutters and mm. uh doing doing like little house parties over there it's just like i learned a lot just like blending heady p same Dude, thing it's just straight like, up you know what i mean it's shout like, out it's, to nutter and heady yeah like talk about some like genres on genres you know even Darku, man. Yeah, like, man, Darku. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Okay, this is we gotta give the little I gotta I gotta give like the DJ shout out now. Like okay. (laughs) Hey, because since we're talking about the specific section of DJs, like I'm gonna give a shout out to uh of course I'm gonna start out again, DJ Nutter. Like the first time I heard somebody playing actual German bass records at a venue in town, it was him and I was like, no one likes this. Except for me, and then I go into this place. It was Crystal Pistol, and he was playing. I was like, hey, "What? I'm, I fuck with him all, all, all over forever." <laughs> and then uh, Hedy P, same like crates deep, like yep. Yoda with he Yoda with the shit Yoda. Yep. yep. Okay. And then of course my man Darku. And then if I'm gonna do that, I gotta give a shout out to Foxy. My oh yeah, my actually I'm gonna give out a shout out to my whole Saint Vitus aficionado clique uh foxy george k my man yeah. jacked uh yeah. who else am i missing in here my man jolly when we do the table talking uh, spin yeah. um my man george turbo being that thing um, who am i forgetting who am i forgetting can't I forget miss, ab I miss table talk can't forget uh, ab though. ab i said shannon chambers out there yeah. too eco g I that's see my you dj out there godfather too. right there dj uh, shannon one sound that's my shannon dj one godfather. sound hey <laughs> Yeah, he gave me my first controller. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's love. Say what's, say what's up to all the homies. Yeah. They they keep me they, they keep me in the know and how to do it. Uh oh, shout out to one to a new boy, DJ Super Pete, over there over at 473. Okay, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So oh, so oh my man Nomad. Shout out, shout out Nomad. Nomad. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you got know. you've had residencies at Heirloom, Rustic Ales, mm-hmm. Cellar Dweller. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Lessons and Fresh will include in that as well. Um, but you have this moniker that you use now working on it as promo. Mm-hmm. What's the idea behind all that that you use for all your shows? Work Doc Free is working on it. <laughs> and every time oh. I see it, I go, working on it. Oh yeah. Boom, <laughs> yeah. Boom. Working on it. So that actually came from i i've had i've always had like an old uh hardware like i always had like either an older laptop or an older pc or whatever Amen. and um thankfully to the homie ross Liptide, once again shout out to the i know the homie i always know how to maintain and keep these things and what led me to that is i kept loading up my 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 hard drive and then when i ever need to do something it would take forever because it was trying to go through so much shit. Yeah. And what's that prompt? It always pops up when you pull up that that uh, window, working on it. If you yeah. Windows. <laughs> Classic. And I'm so sorry, I'm, I'm laughing there. because I, my pink Dell laptop is still using Vista. That's how what I DJ with when I used so, to play at the Mac. So that's why we, it's funny. We rocking that and then I was just like always in something, Lessons and Fresh, Oil House. I was working bar at Valkyrie or something like that. And just like, I'm always working. Or I was in like New Technique, Mexican Cartel. Shout out to my bandmates. Uh, but I was always working on something. So I was like, uh, hey, I need that flyer. Hey, we need this verse. Or I'd be at work, work. Like, oh, I'm working. Yeah, I'm working yeah. on it. <laughs> so that's where that come from, came from. And it was just in an exercise in vanity to be hipsterish hipster dipsterish um try to put little flair because i've always had a flair for the weird so i don't know where the daffy duck king thing came from i had a tumblr once upon a time and i saw this really dope like (laughs) 
gif uh and yeah i said gif of uh <laughs> of this psychedelic duck thing that kept like flashing and so i kind of started using that i used that for a long time as like my avatar and then i was just like dr freeman is or dr freeman presents because the first time i did it i did it as solo dweller yeah um and then uh just like finding old Daffy duck images and spicing them on and because i didn't want to like I did witness protection at heirloom starting out, and that was just like kind of like our themed. Oh, if you don't want to go to church, come to heirloom and and listen to hip hop with us. And we'll, we will we will protect you from those that try to witness to you. Uh, <laughs> and, and then so we I switched it up then and just like all right, anytime I play out now as a DJ, I'm working on it. And it's never like DJ Doc Freeman. I'm still, I'm always Dr. Freeman. But yeah. if I'm out here, I just like, Dr. Freeman is working on it. Dr. Working Freeman on, is working on it. Working on these vibes, working on this beat, working on something. Well, he, but, speaking of, is Dr. Freeman working on some music? Because can we get like a full length Doc Free album? I mean, we, is that going to happen someday? I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Oh, 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 he got do it again it's gonna happen it's gonna happen uh i got a lot of many fingers of different pies like i got stuff out and I'm, i'll be featuring i've been doing this hip-hop thing in this town for dang near 10 and it's just been like all features i don't know i just never felt the rush or need to put anything out because i was always working i'm always working on it now listen i need everyone and, yeah. to hear loud and clear that you just heard doc free picked up the mic to tell us that up. So what does that tell you? Well, I haven't said what I was going to say since I picked up the mic because I forgot to, but I'm going to say it right <laughs> now. Yeah, I sent no skips, like five tracks recorded this year unreleased that are only going to be able to be heard on this podcast because this is where they're going to drop. Yeah. So, hey. so whatever. So you want to hear this stuff? Listen to the podcast. Yes. Woohoo! That's what I was here for. Nice. Exclusive. Yeah, like, yeah. All my, hey, hey, where can I find your stuff? You got to listen to the podcast. <laughs> got to listen to the podcast. Until the link is up so you can buy it. Yeah. Oh, Doc, hey, I cannot wait. Brethren. Um, They're doing that thing. I'm still working on that stuff. And they said uh, it's been a long time coming. It's like I've been working on kind of like trying to master the four elements of hip-hop for a long time. Like I said, I started out b-boying and I started emceeing. You know, I thought I was good with hand styles and started hanging out until I started hanging out with clean hands. But yeah, it's like my journey on trying to master the four elements of hip hop. It's like I started out b-boying and I started out, you know, then went from there to emceeing and thought I could, you know, tag a little bit until I started hanging out with the clean hands boys and realized I was fucking toying around. Uh, and then started, thankfully started DJing. It's like, beats have kind of always been like a thing i try my hand at producing like my early stuff as far as like emceeing like you can still find it on Bandcamp. i don't think anyone knows that though i do <laughs> i was about to say i think we're yeah. sitting in a room with someone who does i got like i've got tracks that have been out for like a couple of years solo time. solo and no one's all like where can i find your stuff i'm like oh, i don't even know what's out there and that's probably how i'm gonna release this next crop of shit no one's gonna know until like two years later that has just been out. Just, Doc, you know I have tiny. to ask this. You know I have to ask because I know you don't like to talk about it too much, but is this kind of where like the the Lizard King type stuff comes in? Like, 
it's kind of an uh, that and then like an LP Trent Reznor thing. Like it's gotta be okay. right. Yeah, it's gotta be the perfect moment, the, the right yeah. time, that whole vibe. I, I'm sitting on quite a few things. Fire. <laughs> I've heard a couple of little flames. Yeah, <laughs> one of those flames might pop up on this podcast, and then I uh, got a project with no name coming out. It's going to be something very interesting, very different. Um, Diffy. Working with, yeah, Diffy. Lynn Diffy dies. <laughs> Lynn. <laughs> I'm like, can, uh, can we put the, the, speaking of the Lives of King, can you throw some some of the funeral pyre in there with the with the fire and the, <laughs> I'm like. Might be some samples. Uh, please. Um, samples. Samples. Need them. Samples. But, uh, Man, you know, that made me so happy. So yeah, been working on it. And, uh, that was like my my last thing I needed to feel like I become a complete like four elements type person. Like I lived yeah. hip hop so much, I needed to master or get my foot in because I have not at all mastered what I need to master on these decks. You're but a literal superhero. Like you just put all those pieces together. Like as as Mally has said a couple of times, like a Voltron, like all these pieces come together you are a true juggernaut bro true I'm trying to do it but yeah juggernaut swag <sighs> i hope that answered the question i don't know I, I yes it did i just really wanted to know if we were going to get some doc free songs like that that's what i need i needed to hear a yes an affirmative and we got it and you gave it to us and thank you thank you for that yeah. all right so you know how we usually try and wrap things up and i know you've answered these questions before uh, but we'll start with, and you can keep it, you know, however you want to tell your part of the story, but how old were you when you first learned about the Tulsa Race Massacre? First learned about it, I was in like seventh grade. So this was, uh, dang, 95, 94? Mm. No, nah, this is like 97. Anyways, I was in middle school and uh, there was two paragraphs in a history book but my teacher, she wasn't from Oklahoma. She knew a little bit more, but I think the whole conversation <clears throat> itself lasted, I don't know, like 20 minutes, mm. kind of thing. But then I would be, I would, uh, that would be in the back of my brain when I'd be around older folks, like my grandfather, my grandfather's peoples, because uh, they moved from Tulsa out to like Santa Springs because from what I heard as a result, but like most of our guests have said, it's something that it wasn't a matter of shame. It's just like, we don't even want to talk about it, you know? Like, right. like they, cause you could tell they hate, they anger, the frustration, all that was still there. And like, that's kind of the culture of America. Like that's how we handle things. Like, actually that's like the culture of most things, you know, it's like, for a certain time, if you go to Auschwitz in Germany, they were like, what are you talking about? But I have no idea what you're talking about. What do you mean? Mm. People would be out there trying to like find find these these camps so they could take pictures and shit. And we're like, what are you talking about? We have no idea what you're talking about. And that's kind of like the feeling it was whenever I heard, hear old heads talk about it. And then it wasn't until I got to college, um, I was researching, I was in, I had Native American literature and that sparked my interest 
is when I started like reading about my lineage because like my family on my dad's side heavy Cherokee roots and then on my mother's side Creek roots and we got here because we were slaves of Native Americans when they were forced to come here so uh I started trying to figure out more but this is like pre-ancestry.com and all that other stuff right. I think this shit came out like my senior year of college or like right after I graduated college and like you could just send it swab your mouth and send it in but I was reading uh Native American literature I was in this class um American Native American literature doing research and then I, I just took a side side thing because I read one thing about uh Wade Phillips and um how they how his family wake when they had to reroute, like where half of them had to reroute to Oklahoma, made it here. So that's when I say that was like my junior year of college, this is 2004. That's when I really got in there and hit it and got source information, found out about the multiple black towns here in Oklahoma. Some that I didn't even know were black towns. Um, found out about sundown towns, like the whole, the whole nine kind of thing. And then of course, uh, there was uh, extensive records on, uh, when I say extensive, they had like more than a couple paragraphs, but they had like they had entries, they had documents, like old writings and stuff at Northeastern State, um, just like replicas of stuff. And like, I could go through and I read. All right. You did your, you had to do your own personal research to get the yeah. full detail. Yeah, my mom, like she known, but it's just like a matter of getting resources in her right. hands too. Right. It's like everyone had like the word of mouth story, but I wanted to know like the specifics. I wanted to know square footage, how many businesses, body count, everything. There are times when I, I've never had the tour like from the Greenwood Cultural Center. And I wanna be able to like have a day or two to do that to where I can try and visualize, you know, oh, oh the Dreamland Theater was here. Oh, okay, it was there. Algebra used to give those tours Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, he started out giving them to his students. Um, at TSAS? At, at TSAS. And he, he got, or excuse me, he st- he did uh, East Central for a hot minute. But whenever he got out north to TSAS, um, that's like one of the first things he started doing. And also like making sure, because he was reaching out to me and other cats, like how to uh, beef up uh, a program of study when he first got there about it. And that's what oh, led wow. to him putting together like that concert at Guthrie Green, the uh, 1921 yes. Memorial Show, which, yes. you know, that was a awesome endeavor, which is like, was filled with its obstacles, of course, because, you know, there was like, you know, it was this white dude doing this, whatever and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And On May so, 31st. So it was like, yeah, and it was like, oh, this is the this is the mofo actually teaching your kids who this is. Right, right. So. But wow. yeah, man. so shout out to Principal Dan Hahn at Tulsa School of Arts and Sciences. Uh, uh, we did a couple of we did a couple of career days with him, me and AB. And it's so did I. Great. I did, nice. But um, Dan definitely filled in some more gaps because he had more. He was he was he found more resources than I was. I wasn't even snipping out in college, you know, so mm. shout out to Dan. He put some more stuff in in my scope as well. Yeah, I like that. Very cool. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Thank Algebra. You, yeah, yeah stay on it, man. He's been one of the most like 
since I've known that dude, like he's from like what Vanita Vertigris, something mm-hmm. like that. And just selflessly putting himself in awkward situations so he can grow, you know, and that's kind of, I felt like I've done that my whole life, just putting myself in the most non-stereotypical scenarios so I could engage in an interest one and also two, like, like be an agent, you know what I'm saying? So to yeah. speak, like, me, like, it's not just a matter of saying like, oh, you know, this one black person is like, nah, you're now exposed to like a culture people you weren't necessary so i kind of like always gone against the grain so i could do shit like that you know yeah yeah and then dan like he's done it even way more and better than i i could man and like i said organically like he's never tried to be nothing he's not he's just always been himself yeah and i appreciate that uh but yeah that's what i learned first in middle school and then again in college and then wrapped up the loose ends in this hip-hop game okay so Doc, you know, you know what's coming next. What does everything is us mean to you? Everything is us means it's kind of it's very self-explaining. Everything is us. It's you, it's us. Okay. It's united serendipity. Okay. That's what it is. Everything nice. is united nice. serendipity. <laughs> Not you. But um that's the that best one. way. No, I literally just came up with that. But that's that's what it is. <laughs> you did, of course, you did. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what it is. It's like, I know. It's not even say I don't know. I know. It's just like I need to know the best way to articulate it. Um, like we are, we are able to accomplish more. Like that's like the, it's like a call to arms. It's like it's more. It's not just a. I don't think of it anymore as like a a hashtag statement you know it's just it's more than that and it's more than trying to make it about just us concerned us involved in feel it and everything like if if you if this reaches you and you feel it you're us we are we you know what i mean i don't care if you're listening to this from belgium uh if you're in uh shanghai you know if you're in vancouver if you're in north dakota you know like yeah. this is you are now indoctrined in you you're, you're us we are we and together we're going to do great things don't you agree <laughs> you know kind of thing so yes um yeah that's what everything else means to me yeah. oh and by the way love the sessions at the mansion too thank you malachi the red the red bird cafe vibes i got to spit raps in the kitchen where this <laughs> Brady, it's like you know how he acquired like a majority of his land. He married into a Native American family and then just yeah, wow. yanked all of it and kind of Yankage. stuff. So, yeah. so that that's how he got that house, that land for that house. And mm. I got to record a song in that kitchen, and then Greenwood Cultural Center, man, like it wasn't even magical. It was. Now you talk about spiritual, like that was right. spiritual. That yeah. was biblically spiritual for me. Like mm-hmm. to be able to say that I used to, like my auntie used to throw uh, Miss Black Tulsa pageants in the, in, the, in the main ballroom in there and everything. So it's like, I remember like being younger in like middle school and, and uh, high school, like I want to go see my fam. Cause like uh, my cousin, my little cousin would be an usher and stuff like that. So yeah. 
yeah it's just great experience i uh can't wait to hear everything that comes out of it this has been such an amazing journey to be riding along with i can't wait to see the impact it has on uh the lives of those involved with it and those that get to to experience it once it's ready via the the documentary the curriculum the album etc so yeah yeah in this thing and i'm yeah. i'm grateful to be a part of this experience with everyone involved but i especially want to speak specifically to you doc and to you mally like you guys both know like <laughs> how much I have loved being a part of this experience and, um, you know, being there even with Malachi in the very beginning, like helping him to set up the, uh, with the lights that are literally right behind me right now, <laughs> like mm. setting that space <laughs> up and while. knowing like, this is going to be an, um, wow. Like I, you would just knew it in the moment. So um, just want to say thank you to your both, to both of you. Um, for Thank everything, Ali. I mean, man, I probably, you. man, if it wasn't Ali Shaw, I'd probably been like, no, I can't do it, homie. Yeah, can't do <laughs> right, <it."> right. <laughs> no, that's I nice. wouldn't. Which it's just it's dope though, because like I wasn't even supposed. I would. Hey, I feel like Dante on Clerks. I wasn't even supposed to be here today because I, I wasn't <laughs> even supposed to be originally part of this project and got on. So, I mean, yeah, I am okay. feeling really blessed to be able to to you know come to be a part and participate uh shout out miss noble for getting me on so hey. i'm working with all my homies yeah and Mary. i appreciate that so yeah this, this is great and it's only going to get better and oh uh, man we're probably going to have to delete this episode and interview somebody else on monday because i don't know about this y'all i feel very <laughs> nervous about this <laughs> <It's great. laughs> why bro it- nah you you just you just educated uh me rambling you educate nah bro you educated me heavily you know i thought i thought i knew i had no idea and uh just agree thank you for filling me in on the rich history i mean because it it is a connection you know what i mean it's just like everyone has their origin stories and you know you you have connected a lot of people remember like you know if it wasn't for you hitting me up, true, I would I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have met the people who I've met, you know. Yes, and, you know, which he's referring to. He's referring <laughs> to that cartel life. He, him, Mason Rimmel, Clay yeah. Welch, Jordan Hale, Mike yeah. Cameron, yeah, Ryan Tedder, yeah. We even had old Reed, Reed. on the trombone. Yeah. Like we were. I I was. I'm, oh, Sarah Maud. Oh, Sarah Maude with the yeah. vocals too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we had little little excerpts from verse and algebra, but I can definitely say I worked with some of the best to do it musically in Tulsa. Like we got to rock a little something, something at the Jazz Hall of Fame. You know what I'm saying? Back in the days, girl Dewey Bartlett. I was late as hell too. <laughs> I didn't know he was gonna be there. He's like, dude, the mayor. So I'm like, what? Huh? Oh shit! I'll be right there. <laughs> yeah, so it's like I feel blessed, man. I got you know what I'm saying a, a lot of cats is doing it and they doing it big, but you know what I'm yeah. saying I I get to I get to snidely sit back and say, oh, I slash we did it first. So I was there big. when I was yeah. there when. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, this looks familiar, especially when we're talking like mad loud, like we did we did it first, like. <laughs> 
right so feeling blessed keep it rolling too so we ain't done uh hopefully my voice makes me sound like i'm tween something forever because i'm about to hit y'all with some heat you know what i'm saying this honeycomb bop oh oh i cannot wait for that oh my god no i can't i mean like the oil you want to talk about fangirl fanboys and fangirls this is an oil house fangirl right here like every time they're I'm, out. I'm there i'm there i'm there at every show like i want to be there yeah. in the front like so speaking of my folks man make sure y'all crab that vsxo man i know verse got more copies on the way man yeah. watch out for that quarantine ep from mike d you might, I, you might hear me on that one on a feature or two definitely make sure you go cop that send prayers by my man saran the second hey, yeah mm-hmm. real you know what I'm saying? And then check out Algebra coming to a theater near you. I, I heard I heard he might have had a session or two, maybe with Steph and them, you know what I'm saying, in the past like a couple months or so. So who knows what's sitting out there? So, oh, my mind is exploding right now. We're like, well, whatever happened to Oil House? Not a fucking thing happened to Oil House. Yeah. Right. Keep, like, keep locked on my man, Pay. He out there pushing tea and making oh, videos. Man. But I know y'all heard that joint he dropped not too long ago. So, you know. That bubbling crude about to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oil yeah, House man. makes me want to spit. <laughs> and as soon as I lock one, as soon as I lock this, lock this thing down with Vic it's on but stay tuned man I got some tracks out there with Burns coming your way too I got tracks out there with Young Trunks Allie you ain't heard the track with me and Young Trunks oh okay cool that's coming out sometime too don't even don't even don't do that that might be okay okay yeah my bad I'm excited all right doc well we want to thank you for being a guest on the Fire in Little Africa podcast (laughs) oh it's 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 been a pleasure Oh, yes. last plug. Come see me. Tuesday night, Cellar Dweller. Sunday nights, or excuse me, Sunday during the day, Heirloom. Friday nights, every so often at the Whittier. But you just stay tuned. Shout out to my tabletop fam, too. They 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 kept me rolling heavy, though. That's what got me out mm-hmm. here doing this. Doc, you know put your Instagram out there. Oh, it's at working on it. At W-R-K-N underscore O-N-N-I-T. Hey, I like that. <laughs> you also find me at Dr. Freeman on Facebook. Doc Free on Twitter. There you go. Working on it. Doc Free on it. Yeah, right. I almost got out of here without saying what's up to table talk. My bad, y'all. Sorry. Uh, you sorry, Allie. I'm cutting you off. Sorry. I'm sorry, Allie. God. No, I'm glad you got it in there. You, I, lo- I miss table talk tremendously. Hey, it's like my first residency has been going strong for like two years. Yeah, yeah. So on behalf of the Fire and Little Africa podcast, we want to remind you to be the spark. Protect the flame. And pass the torch. This song is by Local Honey called Honeycomb Bop with Mason Ramil, Doc Free, and Corey Pistachio. Appeal to your legislation. Here's my application for my registration. I ain't trying to rush this time. I'm showing patience. Doc could treat a patient, but she hesitated. Kick it like Jackie Chan, so I'm smoking and waiting. Am I barking up the wrong tree? Am I infiltrating? Styles upon styles, and I'm integrating. 
Fuck all the time that you think I'm wasting. Did everything that you love and more. I've been taking those and running up these scores. Hip hop to the death of me is deep and poor. Leaking like some sap. I'm pretty darn good with these raps. Feel like I can't fuck with the whack. This is all a trap. Me and bro is in the trap. Made a play, lost a doll song. Get it all back. This is five aside. I'm just trying to run it back. Footy terms. Yeah, I'm black. I up the chills. Let the gaps clap. Rolling deep in the cloud lack. Sprinkle a little hash on that green bean jack. Got an ace up my sleeve. Let the joke of jokes crack. Give me substance like a weight on the rack. You wanna give up on My ex in DMs knew it Why can't peace rain? I blew it Inflate the game with newness Irrigate the game, I'm fluid On crowd cast smells like druids Downtown defense, all cool kids Then I knew I was meant to do this My game spit fan, man, they lose it Can pin dream, brilliant, lucid Like in vibes, I see full moon Then I hit that shit and lose it Triple water, check my chart Tap in my heart, it's not too ruthless I ain't clueless, these shares in Dion's acting too damn brutal Living on a toss of time Living on a toss of time Shawty know she looking Find you some work that'll cut you a check. Generate, generate, generate it. Equity only, I need ownership. Hop in a whip, pick up a dip. Pamper her up and then go on a trip. Honeycomb drip, honeycomb drip. Litty, lit, lit. No, it don't quit. No, it don't quit. Gotta stay fit. Living on a toss of time. Oh, oh, oh.